0: 1997 is over, so it's time for our year-end special. We'll look back at the highs and lows of the year and share our top five albums. And welcome to tell me all your thoughts on Pod. I'm Al.
1: I'm Trev.
2: And I am Quillen. This is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock Chart in the 1990s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April of 1994.
0: Cool. So yeah, we we've done. Uh, this is our fourth of these special episodes. Um, we did a New Year's Rock and Eve special, and then we did a. Uh, we did the potty awards yep. and then we did a, uh, the pod star game,
2: pod star game.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, these are the episodes where we reflect on the year. We, we look at some stats, uh, Quillen runs us through the spreadsheets. Uh, we talk about our top five albums and, uh, usually there's also some kind of, um, we, we try to be funny in some way at the beginning of the show. Um, since we're all, kind of worn out and tired uh i i put together instead a little game that we were gonna start the episode with you all uh you all ready to get competitive always
3: no but yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right we're gonna do uh a, a, a like a, a fantasy draft game um we are going to choose, we're going to basically, we're going to get put together um, an album and we're going to put together all of the personnel that are going to go on that album, as well as some other details about the album release campaign. And we're going to uh, pitch these ideas to um, our bosses, I guess, and see which one will get greenlit. And uh, I guess our bosses are going to be um, our Facebook group which, uh, you know, there'll be five or six people that'll weigh in, Um, possibly more, but probably five or six people that will weigh in, and that's fine. Um, So the pool that we're choosing from is the personnel that made uh, the 11 full-length albums that we've talked about in our 1997 season. So we're choosing personnel that either performed or had something to do with Pop by U2, secret samadhi by live bringing down the horse by the wallflowers villains by verve pipe third eye blind by third eye blind let's face it by mighty mighty boss tones yourself or someone like you by matchbox 20 floored by sugar ray i know we'll all be scrambling for the personnel from that (laughs) album push you mang by smash mouth tub thumper by chumbawamba and so much for the afterglow by everclear so we're going to draft from uh, categories like songwriters, uh, vocalists, bass, drums, guitar, all that kind of standard stuff. Um, but we also have lyricist, producer, uh, tour mate. This is uh, picked together from the uh, the, the artists that our, our bands have gone on tour with in 1997. Um, there's a wild card category that's just for sort of superfluous other people who are involved in the production of the album. Um, So the way this is going to work is uh, we're each going to pick a number to see who goes first. And then as we go, you get to choose from any category you want. So if you want to choose your bassist first, or your producer first, or your vocalist first, um, that's all fine. And we'll go backwards and forwards, right? So if Trav goes first, then I go second. Quill will go third and fourth. And then I'll go fifth, and Trav will go sixth and seventh. We'll go back and forth like that. Um, there's also a sabotage pick, and that sabotage pick can be from any category. So you choose an opponent, and they have to add this pick to their band. So if I, for example, tell Travis that The Edge is his guitarist, um, he's stuck. That's mm-hmm. his guitarist. He cannot choose an additional guitarist, and um, I can't choose to any other uh, any other sabotage picks. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, I'm to, ready to me. Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, all right. Yep. Um, Quill, do you need a couple minutes to to figure out what your top picks are? Are you gonna do this on? No, the fly? I'm
2: I'm good. Yeah, I, I've been You're looking good? it over. Yep, yep. I'm, okay. I'm good. Emily
0: wrote down a number between one and one thousand on a sticky note, um, and so whoever gets that closest number, they'll be uh, they'll be the first picker.
2: Okay, between
0: one and a thousand. Between one and a thousand. Okay,
2: I'm gonna say sixty nine. <laughs>
0: I'm going to say 444.
1: Um, I guess I have to say 445.
0: Okay. The number is 666. (laughs) So we'll go in order of closest. So Trav, me, Quill, and then back. Um, Are we doing a snake draft? Is that what that's called?
2: Where, like, uh, I get the last pick, and then I get to immediately go again, and we go backwards? Yes. Okay, all
0: right. Yeah, I think of it as Settlers of Catan rules. You place your sure. settlement. Okay, uh, Trav, you get first pick. What you want? God, first
1: pick. Oh, my God. I'm so tempted to, to go, go shitty.
0: I know. Yeah. I know. It's I'm the be- shittiest thing to give somebody Rob Thomas for their singer. <laughs> I was trying to think, what's the worst thing that you could do?
1: Yeah that, was, yeah, that was my thought. Um, I could make it
0: work. But anyway. Okay, all right. So
1: this is what I'm going to do. I, I won't start shitty. I won't start with Rob Thomas. I'm going to start with uh, my favorite instrumentalist from all of this. Um, the one that I think can carry a band. Most important, uh, most important part of a band is a drummer. Mm-hmm. Gimme Brad Hargraves from Third Eye Blind.
0: Yeah, that's a good pick. Wow. I mean, is the nature of this game that we are all basically just going to try to create Third Eye Blind? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But really, you know what? If we're looking at this at the end of the day, I don't want to I don't want to reveal my strategy. But the singer is the most important part, right?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there are there are there are multiple at least B level choices. And each round, but they're also definite like D level choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I go next. Well, I'm going to say, um, my most important thing is songwriters and I'm going to go with Steven Jenkins and Kevin Cadigan of third eye blind. Uh, I think that that team will do the best job of creating the framework that will allow my band to succeed. Uh Quill. What you want?
2: Yeah, well I'm gonna go with drummer to start too. Um Trav, you think you you think you fooled me.
4: But, yeah uh,
2: once, twice, thrice with the blind man. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with another drummer uh name of <laughs> <laughs> Joe Seralisus, Joe Sorois, uh of uh the Mighty Money Boss Tones.
0: Okay.
2: He was my my favorite drumming drumming guy. All
0: right. You get another pick.
2: I sure do. Um, I'm going to select a lyricist. Okay. I'm surprised. For Travis. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Name of Rob Thomas. (laughs) Of the Matchbox 20. Of Matchbox 20. As a lyricist. As a lyricist, yes. That is... You have kind. a problematic. You have a problematic lyricist.
1: That is merciful. I, <laughs> I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> all right, it's back to me. Um,
1: it's back to good.
0: It's back to good. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to pick my lyricist. Uh, I'm going to pick Dicky Barrett of the Mighty Mighty Tones. Mm. I think uh, he's going to give a world weary uh, sensibility to uh the songs that steven jenkins and kevin cadigan are gonna write for him uh so he's off the menu all right trav all right so
1: uh let's um i guess as i as i started to say vocals super important mm-hmm. uh i i want i want art give me oh, art on right. vokes yeah wait who give me some yes art, oh, uh, Alexakis. for your lyricist Give me no. all the yes for no, your uh, vocalist. Okay. Yes, correct. Right for your vocalist. Got it. And in turn <laughs> give give Quillin vocalist <laughs> name of Rob Thomas.
3: <laughs> you
2: did it. Damn you, Travis. Well, wow. oh. You I'm started off, off
0: spicy. <laughs> I'm gonna hold off on my sabotage pick then here. Um I tell you what, I I want Ed Qualchek on vocals.
2: Ooh. Mm. I wondered if you were gonna go with Lyricist.
0: Uh I already got my lyricist. I got I got God, the boss that's tones right. boss that's tones right. for lyricist. Alright, yeah, so uh Kowalczyk it is. Alright, Quill. Let's see.
2: Man, I, I did. There, there is still one one good drummer out there. I wish I could go with double drums. Um, I'm gonna go with vocalist. Uh, nope, I can't. Um, I'm gonna go with. <laughs> 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 I had a guy. I had a guy I was gonna pick. Um, scratch that. I'm gonna go with producer, and I'm gonna go with Eric Valentine.
0: Now, he's in two slots. Yeah. Eric Valentine is the producer of the Third Eye Blind album and tub, uh and uh Smash, the Smash Mouth, Mouth yeah. album. Um, so, choose which slot you're taking cuz a week as far as I'm concerned, he two can be used twice. that's fair.
2: I'm going to go with Third Eye Blind, though. Okay. Part of the part of the reason is the production on uh, Walking on the Sun. Um sure. but yes, I like the production on the Third Eye Blind album overall.
0: Okay. Uh,
3: and then
2: i will do uh i'm going to do guitar from uh the verve pipe i'm going to do aj dunning on guitar interesting
0: is there a song you can think of that like
2: title track you admire? um from villains oh. um
1: yeah only all of them yeah i mean
2: the <laughs> kind of liked that album yeah
0: all right, you just picked two, right? I did. I did. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pick my uh, wild card. Uh, I like that Remy Jaffe, who plays keys on the mm. Wallflowers album. He also plays keys. Happens to play keys on the uh, Everclear album, but he always gives a, a good dose of ear candy to anything that he's involved in. So uh, that's my that's my wild card pick. Uh, Trev,
1: okay, so I got two here. I'm gonna go with um, songwriter Brian Vander Ark from The Verve Pipe. Wow. Yeah, good choice. Thank you, and I'm gonna follow it up with producer T-Bone Burnett from the Wallflowers uh, album "Bringing Down the Horse."
0: Really. Yeah, that doesn't seem very uh, that doesn't seem very Trav. It's going to be a it's going to be a Rootsy album. Um, It is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, gosh, <laughs> I'm not even with thinking a- about uh, genre, really. <laughs> with with oh, our boy.
1: Alexakis on vocals. Mm-hmm.
0: It's an art Alexakis Rootsy album.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Could be good. Could be good.
0: Thank you. It's going to be called Songs from an American Movie.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of those twangy yes.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so back to you, Al.
0: Trav, on your super rootsy uh, T Bone Burnett album featuring Art Alexakis, um, Super Cat is going to have some features <laughs> on that record. <laughs> That's perfect,
1: because that was my second choice for a wild card. <laughs> Joke's
2: on you. He, he was not a low choice for me either. <laughs> uh,
1: respect.
0: All right. <laughs> Quill?
2: Um. Yeah. Uh, I like having I the- I should ch- say S-
0: Super Cat of Fly by Sugar A.
2: Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> Featuring Supercat. Name of Supercat.
2: <laughs> name Name of Supercat. Oh, I forgot that Flood was a producer option. Dang it. Uh hmm. I gotta go with Songwriter at this point. Well shit. I'm torn, but I guess I'm gonna go with Dickie Barrett and John Glittleman of the Mighty Mighty Boss tones because I liked all the songs on that album. All
0: right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should I should say um, the majority of the songs are written by that pair. That's that's Rick, Dickie Barrett and the bassist. Um, there are some songs written by Dickie Barrett and the guitarist, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll overlook that. Uh, you got another.
2: I do. I'm going to go with Tourmate.
0: Three, OK,
2: 311.
1: What? (laughs) All right, it's gonna be a great tour. Okay, see see who comes to
0: see this band. Um, all right, back to me.
2: It's it's basically gonna be a ska band with rob Thomas singing, (laughs) 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 and with the verb pipe guy and guitar. Cool.
0: Um, I think producer is my next big pick, so I am also going to choose uh Eric Valentine, uh, of Third Eye Blind and Smash Mouth. I just think he's he's got a nice touch for 90s rock. Trev.
1: Alright, I guess I'll go with uh Tourmate 2 and I don't know there seems to be a pretty obviously great band there uh the lemonheads who toured yeah. with matchbox 20 so I'll go ahead and um have them blow us out of the water uh before we perform
2: <laughs> too much uh too much drama with evan dando couldn't 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 pull the trigger <laughs> yeah
1: he's uh yeah he'll probably get kicked off before uh, I'd rather before deal we with start.
2: the the chillness of of uh Nick Hexum and, and company, chill. Um,
1: <laughs> and then let's do bass. Uh, Adam Clayton, baby. Adam Clay, two thousand pounds.
0: Okay. All right. Finally getting some from you too. Uh, yeah, it's time for me to choose bass too. Um, I'm gonna go with Third Eye Blind's bassist uh, Arian Salazar. He makes a, very, very good choices on each record.
3: I'm gonna go with my wild card as uh, the horn section of the boss tones.
0: Okay. Gotta come uh, all right, gotta, this is really Gotta
2: complete the uh, as much the as boss I wanted tones to plus uh, Rob Thomas. As much as I wanted to select Greg Eklund on slide
1: whistle. Um, <laughs> uh, Wait a second. Can we choose multiple roles from the same band?
2: Yeah. We never what? we never said we couldn't. Yeah. I
1: just assumed that yeah. oh, should. No, I
0: mean Oh. I don't see any issue with it.
1: I mean, isn't that the rule of the fantasy band that you can't pick multiple members I mean, that of was the, same the rule band? of when we did this back in college. That's yeah.
0: Well, you're not you're
1: not playing like a gentleman. Is all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> I've got a lot of third eye blind in my yeah, pants. Yeah,
1: I'm not the only one, jerk. Uh, wow. Okay,
2: who do I still have to pick? Um, bass and lyrics. Uh, couldn't give two shits about lyrics, so I'm going bass.
0: I thought you already chose your lyricist. No. Oh, you chose the lyricist I, for Trav. Yep. 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 Gotcha.
2: Um. God, do I just go with the bassist from Mighty Mighty Boss Tones?
3: I'm going to go lyrics,
2: and I'm going to go Mark McGrath. <laughs> <Whoa>.
0: <laughs> wow. I would have thought that that might be a sabotage pick.
2: He'll, he'll be a great ska band lyricist. <laughs> okay.
0: he will write good lyrics for Rob Thomas to Yes. Sing. Okay.
2: Yeah, a
3: self-sabotage of Rob Thomas. That's a good way to look at this. Okay, gotcha.
1: <laughs> I'm good. That's uh, it. Okay, That's it? yeah, I think I have one spot left.
0: Hang on, it goes back to me first. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh, nice. I mean, so I'll, I, have...
2: I just did two, but I still have one spot to fill.
0: Oh, Oh. okay. Yep. Okay. So, tra- so
1: Trav, you should still have two to fill. Oh, Oh, I've been sabotaged twice, brother.
2: Yes, right,
1: right. Name of Rob Thomas. Name of Super Cat.
4: Right.
0: <laughs> and you assumed that the rules were more rigorous than they actually are.
1: Yeah. I'm really hey, handicapped win. here, but I think you, I think I I think I got the best band.
0: All right, we'll the see. The best tour. I was just gonna say you you win every pop culture competition that. I'm involved in you with, with, <laughs> with, with you. So this is just revenge. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll get my drums from you too. I'll, I'll take Larry Mullen Jr. I think that he, he makes some creative choices. I think that'll be cool. All right. all right. Uh, so Trav, you're going to finish off your band? Yeah, this
1: is my last spot, um, and I'm going to keep it gentleman style, not replicating anyone from any one single band, and put... Chad Taylor from Live on the Axe, baby.
0: All right. <laughs> what are you looking for from Chad Taylor?
1: Uh, no, noisy, um, like wah, a lot of wah, <laughs> <laughs> like wah solos.
0: <laughs> That's Is it. Your every song's gonna sound like white comma discussion. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay, yes, cool.
1: but it'll also be like drop C sharp.
0: <laughs> cool all right so that's it that's you're, you're it done okay I've,
1: I've created the perfect band
0: all right cool um all right I, I will choose the lead guitarist from the wallflowers uh michael ward i know that a lot of the guitar that i really like on that album is done by guest guitarists but nonetheless i do really like the guitars on that album they've got some nice atmosphere there's a lot of tasteful soloing happening in the empty spaces so um, welcome on board, Michael Ward of The Wallflowers. Quillen. Yeah, I'm going to complete
3: my band with a bassist. Name of Craig
2: Montoya <laughs> of Everclear.
0: Yeah, he's got good tone. Yeah. All right, you're done? Dunzo. Okay, um, I just have one more thing left over, and that is my, um, my tour mate... Uh, we're going to go on tour with uh, Fun Loving Criminals, Luscious Jackson, Counting Crows, Tonic, Eve Six, Dropkick Murphys, U2, Rammstein, Our Lady Peace. Um, let's go on tour with the Fun Loving Criminals. That's the right answer. Yeah, come on. What do you want from an opening act? Somebody, come on! Play a couple tunes, have a good, a couple laughs, get some some Scooby snacks. <laughs> what do you want? All right, uh, my uh, band. I'll I'll we'll, we'll just do a, a quick announcement. Um, I'm proposing a post-grunge album. Written by Stephen Jenkins and Kevin Cadigan of Third Eye Blind. With vocals by Ed Kowalczyk of Live. Lead guitar by Michael Ward of The Wallflowers. Bass by Arian Salazar of uh, Third Eye Blind. Drums from U2's Larry Mullen Jr. Lyrics by Dickie Barnett of The Mighty Mighty Bostones, It's going to be produced by Eric Valentine of Smash Mouth fame. Uh, They're going to tour with the Fun Loving Criminals. And, uh, Rami Jaffe of the Wallflowers is going to join them on the keys. And, um, uh, that's it. Uh, Supercat was my sabotage pick for Traff's band. Um, uh, my band's name is, uh, my band is called Sergeant Diapers Lonely Sharks Club <laughs> Band. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh okay, um Trav, what's your band?
1: Okay, so I got this band. It's a it's a um it's a heavy band, but man, it's steady. It's steady. It's one it, it reaches all kinds of crowds. You've got the adults and the kids. Um basically, you're starting off with uh you know, you got the the rhythm section of Brad Hargraves from third eye blind and adam clayton who can certainly keep up from you too he's no slouch <laughs> um uh on the axe we've got chad taylor from live one of the one of the famous live chads oh, yeah. um <laughs> on volks we've got singing songs about susan art alexakis uh with songs written by brian vander Ark of um a verb pipe um I mean, just musically, I guess, because the lyrics are, of course, written by Rob Thomas <laughs> <laughs> with uh, some ad libs thrown in uh, by Super Cat. Um, <laughs> uh, this is all going to be pro- <laughs> tastefully produced by T-Bone Burnett and placed in Starbucks across the country. <laughs> um,
0: Hopefully in some Cohen Brothers movies. Yes, mm-hmm. yes.
1: This band is going to go on tour with the Lemonheads. <laughs> and my band is called uh, Bullet with Buffalo Wings. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: uh, all right, Quillen, what you got for us?
3: One second. <laughs> um, okay, my band is... Uh, <laughs> It's quite a band. It's quite
2: a, quite an act. Um, it's, uh, an, an, an avant-garde, uh, <laughs> power pop roots rock band with, uh, some ska, ska dabblings. <laughs> um, the songs are written by Dickie Barrett and Joe Gittleman of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, but Joe is not, uh, not, not playing bass or anything. And Dickie is not singing. The singing is done <laughs> by the one and only Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. Um, the guitar licks will flow from A.J. Dunning of the Verve Pipe. Um, bass will be performed by, what's his name, Joe Montoya? Craig. Craig Montoya Craig. of Everclear. <laughs> uh, the drummer will be Joe Saroy, Saroy of the Mighty Money Um we'll get some of those sweet, clever lyrics from Mark McGrath. <laughs> his his big brain, uh, you know he, he he's lo- he's got a wealth of knowledge in the music trivia, right? I mean, he he probably has all sorts of great reference points.
1: He will stand and deliver great lyrics. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, the album called uh, "Fluctuate the Perves." <laughs> um will be produced by
2: uh Eric Valentine um in the in the style of the self-titled third eye blind album
4: mm-hmm.
2: um when the band eventually goes on tour they will uh headline for 311 <laughs> 311 will open for them um oh and 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 the tour will feature the horn section of the mighty mighty Boss tones of course um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the songs are being written by by Dickie and uh and uh Joe so why not um I sabotaged Travis by giving him uh Rob Thomas as a lyricist, so Rob's gonna got a lot of work ahead of him. He's pulling double duty. Yeah. Um This band is called The A Choice Has Been Made. <laughs>
0: Wait, I thought this was called uh I thought you already named your band. No, the uh, album
2: that they're making is called oh. Fluctuate the Perves. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah. fluctuate the pervs by a choice has been made yes <laughs> okay all right well uh uh listeners you'll have to go to our facebook group tell me all your thoughts on tell me all your thoughts on pod and tell us uh which album you want to hear and then um the album will actually be produced <laughs> <laughs> yeah All right, well, should we move into our year in review? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, sure. All right, let's do it. On December 31st, 1997 what would you have said was the best song of the year
3: i'll go um i probably would have said i probably would have said "Let Down" by radiohead or sell out by real big fish
0: wow
2: yeah i think i touched on a previous episode about how i was uh confused about how i was liking you know getting this was the year that i was getting into sad music really but i was also really into ska um (laughs) and that was such a strange juxtaposition for me um but yeah i mean i was like i don't know why i don't even think sellout is that good anymore but like man i was really 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 into sellout and that Robic fish album um
3: at this time yeah and Let Down was like, you know, really just like the best song probably I'd
2: heard at that point in my yeah. life. Honestly. that
0: would be a, a mature choice for nineteen ninety seven.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that yeah, that's me. It's good. I
1: Drive yeah, I think. I don't know that I thought of things in terms of like yeah. that like that year, right? Like we, we didn't do that until maybe college yeah. or yeah. even a little bit later when we were like thinking of songs that came out that year and sort of analyzing it from that perspective. Um, I do know that I loved, I loved Ben Folds five enough at Mm. that point to be like, this is really uh, amazing uh, stuff. And so, you know, I think I probably didn't really get into the album into like 1998. Like, like when that happened, I would have said, like, selfless, cold, and composed or something like that. But the truth is, probably by the end of 97, it was
0: probably Brick. Well, hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's also a pretty uh, mature choice. Um, I have the notebook in which I made my best of 1997 list. Wow. Yeah, Fun I have crazy. all kinds of categories. I have best song, best new artist, uh, best female vocal, best male vocal, best instrumental, hard oh rock song. God. I've got my whole own Grammys. I love that. Uh, we gotta all hear it now. We gotta in hear it. You gotta run oh, it. Oh, you don't need. You don't need to hear very much of it. But um, <laughs> my uh, my best song was "Turn My Head" by Live, Ooh. which is the kind of bland ballad yes. from Secret Samadhi. <laughs> Um, you have your actual notebook i have the actual notebook i'm looking at a picture of it right now but i I do have the notebook wow yeah yeah i have all my old stuff like that i up there with turn my head i actually do have paranoid android and listen Mm -hmm. by collective soul are are both up there
2: nice
0: i don't see anything that's like hilarious on here or like way off base um So, there's nothing that's, like, really particularly interesting about it. Um, Interesting to see that I really liked this Lonely Place by Goldfinger, even in Mm. 1997. Um, uh, Yeah, and there's a decent amount of Radiohead stuff on here. There's also some Sarah McLachlan, some uh, Sean Colvin, some Paula Cole. But yeah, there's there, there aren't any hilarious choices. Actually, the the most off-base choice that I see is Turn My Head by Live. So, that was, you know, that album, I, I was obsessed with that album and, and for, for whatever reason, that song was the one that got me so deeply into that album. It was something about the, I think the bridge was good and uh, I liked the string arrangements a lot. So... Uh, yeah, this was this was the year of Secret Samadhi, you know, big time for me.
1: That's wonderful. Hell should yeah. we uh, should we turn our heads to the statistics from yeah.
0: 1997? <laughs> okay. Well, can yes. you tell us a little bit about? Uh, yeah, I can. I can give our a, numbers.
2: Yep, I can give some quick rundowns here. Um. So, uh, looking through, um, we wanted to touch on what uh, our top song was for e- each person can you guess
0: well, what was we all the had highest? A five yeah yeah yes. it's, it's gonna be semi charmed yeah, life for yep, everybody yep. i guess that was yeah. we all
2: had the same uh yep we all gave it a perfect rating um the top three uh songs um based off our ra- ratings for 97 number one was semi-charm life with a five uh big drop off after that number two yeah um, was actually the impression that I get by the Mighty Mighty Boston's, um, that had a three point nine four. That. Yeah. Uh, number three was Lucchini's Juice by Live. Wow. Which, wow. Which had a three point nine two. Pretty sure. Um, and I can look to make sure, but I think um Al, you gave it a four. I think I gave it a four point five. And Travis may have given it like a three point seven
0: five or a three point five. Okay. Um, I'm uh, I'm proud. I'm proud alive. Nope. Proud three three point two five. He he gave it a three point two five.
2: But yeah, three point two
1: five. Yeah, was that's I what thinking? you
2: that's what you gave it. What would you rate it lower? No, higher. You would. Yeah. Likini's juice. Yeah, it's heavy. It rocks. <laughs> Dang. Man. I wanted it to be a Hall of Famer. You you fucked us. Yeah. It it
1: shouldn't be a, a Hall of Famer. Oh
2: my god. I would okay. have
1: given it a 4. What did you have a 4.5? Uh yeah.
2: And and, and Alec Al, had
1: a 4. I had a 4. Yeah. I, I yeah. could have done I could have gone as high as a 4.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: right now mm-hmm.
2: you didn't. Um <laughs> The lowest rated song, what do you guys think was the lowest rated song of the year?
0: And, well, you guys really hated Meshbox 20. Yeah. Um uh I- I'm trying to think what I would have hated the most, but I I'm 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 not really sure. Did I hate anything?
1: It had to be that. I mean, Pop was pretty Or, I mean uh Disco-thi-cue Disco-thi-cue. was pretty low. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was it? Discotheque? Um Disco-thi-cue. Al, your your lowest rating was actually a two point five. But That's not bad. But you gave like Almost half of the songs, two point five. No, just kidding. Yeah,
0: you gave. No, I I, I would believe that. You
2: gave "Discotheque" a two point five. You gave "Staring at the Sun" a two point five. You hated U two in nineteen (laughs) ninety seven. You gave (laughs)
0: U two was mediocre in nineteen ninety seven. You gave "The
2: Freshman" a two point five, and you gave um, "Push" a two point five. Okay. Um, which Travis and I gave "Push" one each um so that is yep that was the lowest rated song 1.5
0: we were right correct and that's uh that's a, a clear stall of blamer yeah
2: yep yep for sure yeah and i'll um well sure i'll just go over those now um um that was a an official stall of blamer the only one um For the Hall of Fame, the only official Hall of Famer, as, um, you know, I touched on, we gave uh, Semi-Term Life a perfect rating. Um, We did um, give an honorary Hall of Fame induction to uh, Sunday Morning by No Doubt with a um, 4.75 from our special. And also before the official season started, our um, um, hiatus episodes, we... Had two honorary inductees: um, Stay by Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories, which was rated a five overall.
0: Uh huh. Um, and then and uh, Dead-eyed, Dead-eyed, dead-eyed Dick Girl, and the cho- New
2: Age, and the New Age uh, Candace is. Um, <laughs> it uh, it was um, uh, Cannonball by cannonball. the Breeders, yeah. Oh, okay. With a four point eight three. Um. Mm-hmm and let's see um i like to compare our overall ratings each of our overall ratings um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh biggest asshole goes to uh travis with an uh, average rating of
1: 2.98 don't even uh, okay. have to say it i knew it
2: <laughs> huh uh mid tier asshole is uh al with a 3.33 average rating. I've often,
0: often been described as a mid-tier asshole. Sure, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: And the sweetest asshole is me,
1: <laughs> with a, a 3.6 average rating. It's um, my favorite U2 song from 1997. <laughs> sweetest asshole.
2: <laughs> so it's funny, because looking back in 94, uh, in 94, oh. Al, you gave the highest average rating, and me and Travis were the lowest, tied. Mm-hmm. um in ninety five al you were number one, Travis was number two, and I was the biggest asshole
4: mm-hmm.
2: and then in ninety six I was the nicest, Travis was the second nicest, and you were the worst um mm-hmm. but we all were pretty high um I'm never gonna be the high. nicest
1: and mm-hmm. I love this stuff
2: yeah no you're you're definitely not uh and definitely Gosh. moving forward, you're not going to be
3: um the last thing, yeah, so um so far uh yeah what do you think um well yeah
2: we know uh 1996 was the highest the best year so far we gave it a 3.78 overall um, do you think 1997 um where does 1997 fall do you think after or like along with 94 and 95 um, what would be your guess like worse better we, we think mean, I, that 97 guess, is a great year for music, right? Like overall.
0: Yeah. We, I, but, I don't think any of us think it's a great year for alternative radio. Maybe right. Quillen does.
2: Um, 96 was better, apparently.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, we've had more real turkeys in past seasons, but overall, I just think this this is gonna we're just kind of in the mid range for most of this season so there aren't really a lot of highs to to balance things out so i'm gonna say that this is our our lowest rated year so far
1: oh wow i would have said something like the middle Mm -hmm. like Mm i almost looking at how um how the songs are um getting configured Um, Like early on like there were some real hits that we were really passionate about and there were some songs that were like this shouldn't be here it doesn't belong here and it feels like it's just sort of like flattened out in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder if we're at the point where um, it's just Mm -hmm. sort of leveled out at this mediocre range and that's where we're settling in. Hmm.
3: Well, it was the worst year. Three point three zero is the rating. Um, nineteen
2: ninety four was a three point five five, and nineteen ninety five was three point five
0: three. So it's pretty significant. Quite a, the, the lowest.
2: Quite a drop off. Yep, ninety six was a huge jump up for us, and then, um, which makes sense. We had those Oasis songs. We had nineteen seventy nine. Um, those were big ones for us Mm -hmm. and there was at least one other or maybe two others that we really liked all, all three of us together. Um, there were just a lot of high points in 96 and yeah, this 97 had one, one huge one. And then, yeah, I think there was only the one real clunker, but everything else was kind of middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is such a, yeah, such a contrast to I think what we feel about 1997 uh as like for albums, you know, like albums in 1997, I think w- this is an important uh year for us.
0: Yeah. Um Another stat that we'd been looking at was yes. uh, repeat repeat artists, artists that have showed up multiple times. Yep. Who's who's doing well in that yep, race? Yep. So um I the
2: artists that um we were keeping tabs on were Live, U2, Alanis Morissette, Bush, and Green Day. Those are artists that show up on the charts three or more times. Um do you want me to just run them, um, run, run, run through? Um, yeah, the let's two, hear So the two that we uh, covered this year, we, we had a, a live song, Secrets, or uh, Lakini's Juice. Um, that was the third live song that we covered. We're at 4.08 with live so far.
3: Yeah.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah. So, um, shit. What was the song in 94?
0: Um, we had Lightning Crashes, uh and selling the drama
2: selling the drama we i think w- was a highly rated one for us
0: mm-hmm.
2: um yeah i they're, think
0: i gave lightning crashes a five
2: they're at 4.08 um so whoever picked what Le- i don't yeah i don't remember who picked what now at this point
0: yeah it's fine
2: <laughs> i think trav picked bush
1: uh Leave me alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: uh, with u we had two U2 songs in 97. Um, they're at 3.03 so far. And yeah. I think they're done. I don't think we have another
0: U2 I, I song. I agree. I think that's that. I think
2: we have one more live song maybe, or are we done? We uh, might no, be done. we're done with okay. live. Right. Yeah,
0: no dolphins will be crying on oh, this. Okay, so then podcast.
2: then otherwise we have alanis morissette had a three point eight three. I think we're done with her.
0: That's great. And that's uh,
2: Green Days at a three point five six. We're done with them. Bush is at two point six six with one more song to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Cow-
0: chemicals between us is going to pull them up. between crossed. us,
2: we're going to all gonna... give that a five, and that's going to yeah. just propel gonna... them into into first place.
0: We're going to
1: all give it a six.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's look things are looking good for live and and Alanis
3: for ho- yeah. holding it out.
0: Cool. Yeah. Thanks for being the spreadsheet yeah. Uh, guru. Yeah. Yeah. My place. Uh you want to talk about our favorite albums of 1997? Sure. Let's. so uh we'll talk about everybody's number five and then everybody's number four and so on and so forth uh if there are repeats we'll talk about them we'll wait to talk about them until they hit their highest rated spot um i'm gonna go first uh i i gotta say i i I left out some things that I either assumed others would choose or just some things that, like, just don't feel that fresh to me at the moment. Um, So there could be some empirically better choices that are not on this list. I also have to say 1997 is an outstanding year for albums. I have a tattoo of my number two album pick from 1997. So that should be an indication of how special the music of 1997 is to me um my number five pick is uh something we're going to cover in our next regular season episode it's marcy playgrounds self-titled debut album it's a very small scale understated little gem of a record it sounds like three guys hanging out in an attic the songs can be kind of funny, uh, they can be a little eerie, they're they're a little morbid sometimes, they're a little kind of hazy. There's a there's a cloud of pot smoke, definitely, um uh hovering around this album. And uh, you know, sex and is the thing that people always think of, and it's good, and you and, and it, it sums up fairly well kind of what the appeal of the album is. But there's uh the rocker Poppies that opens it up. There's this totally to continue on the same lyrical trend, there's a song called Opium that's totally hazy and heavy and and great. But uh, the stuff that I like the best is kind of light and simple and almost feels a little bit old-fashioned and it sounds like uh, uh, Cloak of Elvenkind and uh, Sherry Fraser, Sherry which are... Frasier. Yeah, Sherry oh, Fraser Frasier is probably my my pick to play a clip of to convince people to listen to this record. Very good. I look forward to talking about it more.
3: I saw stars Falling
1: great pick i didn't realize that was from 1997
2: (laughs) i look forward to listening to the album for sure i i i never really did um so yeah i'm looking forward to spending some time with that when we when we get there
3: cool
1: uh i guess i'll jump in with my number five um this is bumped up as of, I don't know, 45 minutes ago before I realized that my number four pick was not from 1997. Thanks, Spotify. Uh, so um, I also am, there, there are a lot of, like, quote unquote, great albums from 1997 that um, I don't listen to a lot and um they've meant a lot to me at different points in my life and i guess this is one of them but it also sort of just like carries the weight of being like if somebody puts this on it's like yeah great i'm thrilled but i don't i don't seek it out a lot um but it's also the sort of album that i would uh i would i would i would, I would like get a tattoo about because it's so like um, such an important part of my life, uh, and that is nothing feels good by the Promise Ring. Does oh. anybody have it later?
2: Also on my list.
1: All right, terrific. <laughs> Let's talk about it when it gets to your spot. Cool. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh,
3: I l- love that. Love that intro, though. T. Well, well stated.
4: Love um, you, buddy.
2: dude love you uh my number five album of 1997 is homogenic by bjork um hello yeah this is an album that uh when i first tried getting into it it was a little bit of a struggle and just over the years i've just kind of gotten more and more into it um i started with uh I think the follow-up album, which is Vespertine, which came out in 2001 um, and worked backwards. And um, Homogenic is... Homogenic. Homogenic is uh, 10 songs, 43 minutes, um, kind of like haunting, glacial synth pop, basically. Really moody. Um yeah, just, just great mood music. It, it It is hitting really hard for me right now. Um, as I've gotten into these more like moodier, um, soundscapes, um, very mysterious sounding, um, love the juxtaposition of electronic beats and synthesizers and strings. Um, like just massive um orchestral arrangements on some of these songs um i think that um it, on vespertine it's even better vespertine is an all-time favorite album of mine um but i think on homogenic it, it's i think the the runtime helps like the runtime really um is at a sweet spot for me with 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 a sound like this and um bjork's voice is just incredible just really um again haunting and 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 just uh really affecting and um not something that i would um seek out listening to in like a um summertime or anything like that but um yeah just just a really gorgeous great great record
4: Love. How
0: could I cool i yeah i you know I, I feel like i'm familiar with those bjork albums from the 90s but um uh, it's never just it's never snapped into place so um uh, i'm open-minded about the idea that that is going to happen someday mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny that like I'm just like catching up to um, debut, like that. Yeah. That's the one that where I'm like, okay, like this this is really cool, and it makes sense to me, and it's from like 1993. I know that's I know. how far ahead of everything she was. Uh, mm-hmm, I haven't is. gone there.
2: I haven't listened to um, the albums before this, and I really want to check out the um, uh, the Sugar Cubes as well. Mm -hmm. um, her band before, before going solo.
4: Cool.
0: Um, all right. My number four album we've also talked about in some form or other before it is blurs self-titled album. Hmm. Um, this is my introduction to blur. Uh, you know, as most people, most Americans introduction to blur, uh, was through song two, which is a little bit of a, um, a misleading track in that it it's, You know, this is Blur's um, exploration of American indie rock. And Song 2 is in some ways almost a parody or or maybe very much a parody of uh, American grunge and indie rock. Uh, This is usually kind of billed as the album where Blur got into Pavement. Um, It does sound that way in a lot of ways. It's a long, inconsistent record that explores a lot of different things it's very self-conscious it doesn't really feel like the band is following their instincts it feels like they're looking at their record collection and thinking um how can we explore all of these new sounds that we're interested in and you could probably if you really wanted to you could play kind of a game of spot the influence on each song and say like oh yeah this is the pavement song and this is the whoever song but um uh it's a it's a at its best it it marries the poppiness of you know blur's brit pop with uh some kind of drugged out hazy guitar vibes and um uh production experimentation Graham coxon, the lead guitarist is very much the highlight um there's kind of the atmospherics and the ways that he makes his guitar sound not like a guitar uh are big highlights um the opener beetle bum kind of sums up like what the album does well it's kind of Beatles esque but with updated production and then it has a kind of a trippy outro that you can really get lost in but um there are ballads and kind of straightforward songs like look inside america that are uh, really great and then there are like there's this bonus track that's just uh i guess it's not the bonus track but it's the last track which is just like uh, a long drony druggy thing that you can get lost in. And I think that this is the best possibly that blur ever did at balancing their pop instincts and their experimental side. Um, it's arguable because they, they did that a lot very well, but uh, a, v- a very cool album again, not a consistent album, But uh, an album with a lot of very compelling moments. So check it out. Hell yeah. Great album. Check it out.
1: haven't heard it before blur song two um (laughs) no i agree that is uh great um my number four sat better as a number five but uh (laughs) it's been bumped up to a number four so here we are i thought this was just an album that i wanted to include um it is not a great album start to finish but it's a great like first half of the album that i get so excited about and i just cruise on the second half of it anyways it is called uh when shove goes back to push by Fig dish Chicago four piece, um, who did this like power pop alternative band thing that sounds a little bit like Dinosaur Jr. and Super Drag. Um it's just really pleasant, and they they come out with like five songs like right off the bat that are like incredible. And then the album kind of dies off in this ballady thing but it's also like i mean beyond being like this power pop alternative thing it's like kind of rugged and a little dirty and a little bit of a party album um and uh yeah it was something that i was into in in um high school i think and it um i forgot about it came back around in my 30s and uh i have really come to to love it um yeah i don't know that there's much more to it than that it's just sort of like a a handful of like really great songs that i feel like need to be deserved and they shouldn't be forgotten and so i wanted to be sure to include them in my list
0: never heard of them but i'll, I'll have to listen since you rated them so highly <laughs> Since you you talked them up so it should, much. It should have been a five. You put them in your number four. They're better <laughs> than the promise <laughs> ring. It didn't oh, even uh,
2: sound uh, like you were like <laughs> kind of confident in it as a number five. No,
0: I wasn't. I mean I was it was like barely
1: as a number five. I was like, this is like this is cool. I mean, well the thing is like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about okay computer. I'm not gonna I'm not going to. But like it, I, I don't know that this is better than that, but I'll listen to this before I'll listen to okay computer. Mm-hmm
0: yep yep that's where we're at that's the elephant hovering over this whole segment sorry
3: (laughs) well my number four is uh brighten
2: the corners by pavement does anybody else yeah i figured yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh it's my first pavement inclusion
0: yeah, 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 I've been surprised. Is, I mean, I know I know that you all just assume, okay, Al's gonna talk about pavement. Yeah, but
1: yeah. I don't know that I've ever included pavement. I guess I don't like pavement. But
2: it is interesting <laughs> to me. I mean, well yeah, I what I wanna say now is um I have been for the past like eight years or so, I think I have considered um Wowie Zowie as my favorite pavement album.
4: Mm-hmm. Um and mm-hmm. that
2: was not that did not make the cut for my top five, um, in 1995, and uh-huh. uh, this does. And I think, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it more later, but uh, it like I think when I listen to Brighten the Corners, it's pretty much my favorite payment album. Like when it's near near flawless for me,
3: I'll
0: stop there. You better. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm next. You're next? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three, Third Eye Blind, self-titled. Anybody else got it? I got it. All right. You got it above number three? I do. Okay. Wow. We'll save it. Uh, that means, um, it's time for trash number three.
1: Yeah. Okay. Another deep cut that I'm sure neither of you have. This, I thought was my number one until recently. This was... Uh, yeah so I like I make these playlists on spotify um way ahead of time uh about each album for every year and I thought this was my number one I spent a little bit more time with it and I was like yeah maybe not so this is uh the album happens twice by horse
4: horse mm.
1: Um, this was an album that I loved, especially in my 30s. They are a Michigan band. Um, they have uh, the same drummer of name of band Sponge, <laughs> um, Jimmy Paluzzi, uh, on the Skins. And uh, it was recorded at the Loft in Saline, And it was put hmm. out on RCA. Um, huh. And this album just rips ass. It is awesome, start to finish. It sounds like, uh, it's it's like a little like a little bit of an emo album, but more so than anything, it's just like rock and roll. Mm-hmm. It sounds like um a little bit like Social Distortion, and maybe this just occurred to me very recently, like Japan Droids,
0: mm-hmm.
1: hmm. um okay. that anthemic sort of like fist pumping. Oh yeah. Rock. You're,
0: you're selling me.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's like really great like drop D palm muting guitar stuff, but like also like very melodic, uh like gruff, kind of like pretty masculine vocals with some nice harmonies going um god horse Rocks. I love it. Um this is uh, this is just a um a kind of a hidden gem that I've loved since high school. I heard this on uh, the Banana 101.5 and uh, literally called the radio station and said, "What was that?" because it was so <laughs> stunning. And uh, I felt the same way about it that I did when I was 16 or 17 as i do you know now uh the the main single was a song called diamond and um it's fantastic it's the first track on the album uh it it wasn't always on spotify it is now definitely i was
2: gonna ask it 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 is streaming now it is like easier to because there was a time uh where i it like really wasn't anywhere correct um okay cool good to know I would I would like to check it.
0: Quillen, what's your third favorite album of 1997?
2: It is the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I'm I'm kidding. I I was hey, you are uh, yeah I'm kidding. Uh, I I was going to whew. include it. I, it
0: it, it <laughs> is There'd be nothing wrong with that. No,
2: I mean it. It is like some of my favorite music like like nostalgia like just goes into overdrive uh thinking about that soundtrack but i no, i had to go with i had to go with actual um albums um or else that would have been my number one honestly um (laughs) no my number three is nothing feels good by the promise ring we can talk about it now um all right unless al you have it I okay.
0: I don't you no, know, but I mean, if I had not assumed one of you would have it, I would have felt some pressure mm-hmm. to include it in my top five. I mean, realistically, in my life, it's meant more to me than um, probably uh, the last two records that I named. Mm-hmm. It's just not uh, in, currently in rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: this was weirdly like one of the things that like I mean, the three of us like.
0: Uh, deeply bonded over yeah like when we first sh- met. yeah when
2: we first we were yep.
0: we were all really passionate about this album when we were in college yep yeah
2: It is like, it's pretty damn near perfect. Like it is, is. um, it's a just great guitar, pop emo, whatever you want to call it. Um, great melodies, really clever, beautiful lyrics. Um, I, something that I like about it. And I I think Trev, you maybe helped me realize this is that the guitar playing, is so simple like because of the tuning right they they tune their guitars in such a way that like like the playing seems to be super easy for them I don't know like it just seems like um it's just like lots of downstrokes and pretty chords but I feel like in video it's like they're really only moving like one or two fingers at a time and um
3: I don't know yeah It's tricky.
1: I I know that there've, you know, in the past in like uh, Cap'n Jazz and uh, earlier Promise Ring albums, there were songs that were in an alternate tuning that could just be played by like holding a finger over a fret, mm -hmm. like an entire fret. And it was very simple, but it was very beautiful and Mm -hmm. like complex too. Um, I don't know that I know that that's the case Mm. on these songs, but... I wouldn't be surprised if some of them were in alternate Mm tunes as well.
2: It's just beautiful. Like, the the guitars on this album are gorgeous. And, uh, you know, I think we all know that um, Davey, the lead vocalist, doesn't have, like, the best singing voice at this time, but um, the melodies are incredible. And I think that's kind of part of the charm of the album is, like, the imperfections. Um, Amazing drumming, amazing bass playing the bass is so funky and all over the place on this record yeah yeah Um, everybody's
0: really active but it all works yeah
2: yeah (laughs) you're right it it, it's everybody is active it almost sounds like it would be too much at times but it's never um uh the third song red and blue jeans is like one of my absolute favorite emo songs ever um but i mean it's front to back like there's not a down moment it's it's just yeah pretty much perfect
1: is that your favorite song
3: red and blue jeans yeah um on the album i would say that i would say that it is the best song um
2: And the song that has stuck with me the most, but I would say my current favorite is Why Did We Ever
3: We Meet. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, every, every song is memorable. It's
2: awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I often feel like, um, the final track Forget Me is maybe my favorite, but I I like the, I like the title track a lot too. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great album. It's it's hard, too hard to choose.
3: Yep, yep. Anything to add, T?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe just like the best uh, emo album of all time. Quite possibly.
0: I, like I can't think of anything better. I can think yeah, it, it would get my vote. I think I can
2: think of one that I would possibly put ahead.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's just it's
1: so it, it's just not like it doesn't have any of the baggage of like the negative qualities of emo. It's all of mm-hmm. the best parts of it, you know. Um, it's, it's so it's bright poppy, sounding, it's, it's melodic, poppy, it's yeah. bright, it's yeah. fun, yeah, it's easy, but it's also like heartfelt and like you can really like kind of get behind it, get excited yep. about it. It's it's thirty four yeah, minutes.
2: It's, it's short.
1: Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But yeah, like big... you said, the bass playing is wild. Whoa, baby. The, yeah. The bassist is going for it yeah. like he's the brown Pepsi boy.
2: <laughs> Wait, who is the brown Pepsi boy? Wait,
1: the Brown Pepsi boy is John Popper, the the bassist for the Brown Pepsi boy. That's what I mean to say. Oh, yeah,
0: I see. He's he's Yeah it's all like, over the bass. It's
1: like the bass line from Bud Anyway, but for an entire album. <laughs>
2: cool yeah good good stuff good stuff great stuff
0: um all right that brings me to my number two which is brighten the corners Hmm. by pavement um this is currently probably my favorite pavement album um although it's kind of impossible for me to choose really in the end um, I feel like this album features the best lyrics of Malcolmus's entire output um not just pavement but the solo stuff as well. There's plenty of nonsense and non sequiturs and stuff like that, but everything feels like evocative, everything like creates like a strong mood or some of it feels sort of satirical um. It all really works, you know. He's being kind of his sly trickster self, but there's always these little glimmers of sincerity, kind of on the margins. Um, uh, it's it's kind of um, a loose set of performances. They don't seem like they're ever in a rush to get anywhere, like maybe they would on Slanted and Enchanted or on Wowie Zowie. It's a, a little more of a laid back album. It feels autumnal but it also (laughs) is kind of outrageous um you know the fact that they can balance that and they can um uh get both of those feelings in that it's like kind of reflective and uh and laid back but it it also really rocks a lot of the time um it's a funny album uh tries some really bad singing on it Uh, like sometimes he just goes like way, way, like just uncalled for, (laughs) uh, vocal style, but, um, it all works great. And and I think ultimately I just got to come back to the lyrics, you know, um, particularly, I don't know. There are a lot of kind of hidden things midway through the album that I feel like it took me 15, 20 years to fully, for my appreciation to fully mature, um, the song that I have a tattoo, I have a tattoo of elements of the album artwork and it's all based around the text. We are underused, which is like not a song that like, it's not a song that I'd even put in my pavement top 10, but like the lyrics of the song are just so they're so funny. And they're, they're just like in a, in a weird way, they're insightful, but not insightful in a way that like you can look directly at like not in a way that you can nail down, you know, you still kind of get the feeling that if you're, if you're getting like a serious emotional feeling from any of these songs, you still kind of have the feeling that like Malcolmus might just be pranking you, (laughs) but like somehow that just keeps everything alive and vibrant and um, like nothing is ever like straightforwardly sentimental, but on songs like Finn and Starlings of the Slipstream, like, I feel like there are these little kind of like deep kernels of wisdom that are just like baked into it and and they're um somehow they they make the album like really emotionally resonant even as it just feels like once again a bunch of slackers kind of toying with you When Malus can walk that tight rope there there are few things that are better in my eyes than uh, when he can pull that off and i I think that this is probably the best he does at at walking that line in pavement's um, trajectory awesome
2: mm-hmm.
0: quill, what were you going uh what were you oh gonna and say about i
2: don't really have you yeah i mean you, your connection to this album i'm sure is so much deeper than mine um it's just I mean, I, honestly, it's just kind of where it fell. Um <laughs> I uh I mean, you know me, like I'm not really a lyrics person, but I I recognize that Malcolm's um I mean his <laughs> lyrics are so much more than just lyrics. Like they're just poetry, just beautiful, um strange pairings of words and imagery and it's just uh it works really well here on this album um my favorite song is actually a spiral stairs song though um i love date with ikea um i just love the raw um the rawness of it um and talk about bad singing um Mm -hmm. you know but it's so great um also you mentioned starlings of the slipstream that's like the ultimate like paid my emo jam. Like yeah. oh man, it that song just yeah. rips for me. It's and that yeah, I just love that song so much. I yeah, there there's really not a bad song in this bunch and um yeah, they just really, really made a beautiful, beautiful record here and um well, it, it's lacking some of the silliness and the um charming experimentation of Wowie Zowie you know the tighter runtime and um stuff just kind of helps <laughs> with this and i don't know yeah it, it's awesome totally awesome yeah
4: album.
3: yeah
1: also uh stereo is the most pavement song mhm right <laughs> the most pavementy pavement song that there is i only seem to appreciate that more with every passing year yeah
3: day. Yeah. yeah, and Shady Lane is nothing to mm-hmm. nothing to laugh about. Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But yeah, like, shake a stick at.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. There we go. Oh man, it's. <laughs> it, that was my first, the first pavement song I ever heard, and uh, oh my god, that seems yeah.
0: that seems to be a big crossover one for people. Sure, having done uh, multiple times in my life, I've done a pavement cover band for. Different occasions, and like Shady Lane is like a big audience hmm. favorite. Somehow, yeah, lots Weird. of people really love that song.
2: I, yeah. um, what, how I got into it, it was, um, I may have even told the story on this podcast before, I don't know, um, or just told it to you guys, but, um, when I was in like high school, I was familiar with Pavement, or I had heard of Pavement and was aware of them, but I had never listened to them, and the local record store um that i would go to down river record exchange had the cd single of shady lane um used and it was like $2 and it was just shady lane minus the extended ending it was just like huh. so it was just like 2 minutes 15 seconds or something like that and i was like i i don't want to spend 2 or 3 dollars on this cd that's just this one song But man, I just like it it was there for a while. And every time I would go back, I would look and see if it was still there. And I would listen. I would like put it on the um, CD player and listen to it.
0: extra in the movie adaptation.
2: Ended like um, to me at the time, it sounded like Death Cab for Cutie mixed yeah, with Weezer, yeah. Um, which was like, you know, oh, is if this is what Pavement sounds like, then yeah, I should really check this band out. And um, it's
1: like a photo booth,
2: exactly. Yep, hmm. yep, that is the song for sure.
0: Yep. I'm making an appointment to get this tattoo removed tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah,
2: all of this to say Shady Lane is also an awesome, awesome song. And uh, yeah. yeah. All right.
1: Cool. T, you're number two. Number two. Con Art by Smart Went Crazy. Mm. Is that anybody's number one? Mm -mm. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think so. I've actually still
2: never listened to that album.
4: What?
1: Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I was going to lean on you for you to tell me what it's about because (laughs) I'm underprepared. But um, it is uh, Smart When Crazy is a group from Washington, D.C. that features uh, Chad Clark, Abram Goodrich, and Hilary Soldati. Uh, it is a three piece but it, there's like cello and it's this sort of uh, like, it's a very DC album and I don't know how to really describe that um, I, like a DC sound typically is associated with like fugazi and like hints of like clean but like funky guitar playing and like rhythmic aspects but also very punk and uh, very political um in their their lyrics And so, um, that's sort of what this is. It's a very, um, like dense album. I feel like it's like 15 or 17 songs or something crazy like that. Um, like I said, there's cello. Um, so I guess it's sort of a precursor to like the uh, ugly Organ, which is like the, mm. the cello emo album. Mm-hmm. But, um, it also just has this like angular sort of like indie rock guitar playing great lyrics um
0: most uh, people probably don't know who chad clark is can you explain how you found chad clark
1: great question um so our great sort of i don't know support for this um <laughs> he is a producer and a musician. He produced Emergency and I by the Dismemberment Plan, which is another DC band, and went on to play in a band called Beauty Pill. Uh, They put out a great album in 2004 that was sort of overlooked, and then they Mm -hmm. went a long time without playing and put out another album in like 2014 or 15. 15. What is it called? 2015? Yeah called beauty pill describes things as they are which is fantastic mm-hmm. um it's a very like critically revered band and chad clark is a, an incredibly thoughtful musician and artist um who's very open and generous mm-hmm. with his thoughts also if you mm-hmm. can spend any time with his um like social media or follow him in bandcamp like he posts frequently and talks about you know his insights into different things and and what um sort of motivates him and makes him tick um very uh very interesting for people who like to think about music
2: Mm -hmm. definitely yeah he had a recent post about um beauty pills bassist i think her name is basla um yeah and it was fascinating. Like he, I think I just he s- mentioned that her biggest influences were Paul McCartney. Um, I think she he said Paul McCartney, Joe Lally from Fugazi, and hip and hip hop. Um, and it makes sense. Like if you listen to Beauty Pill, I think you can hear all of those elements. Um,
3: but yeah. Yeah, I gotta check yeah. out that album, Trav Um Because I love Beanie Paul and
2: I love Chad Yeah, and, you uh,
1: you could even see I mean, like, the the lyrics and the, Even the song titles sort of like Indicate Who they are Like, mm-hmm. song titles include Um, A Brief Conversation Ending in Divorce Um, Funny as in Funny Ha Ha Um now we're even things like that where it's just like it's this ominous sort of playfully funny but not funny Mm -hmm. sort of thing um that they're doing there are two songs called dc will do that to you on this album um one is like this sort of like plaintive sort of um reflective chill version and then one is like this urgent um discordant sort of thing happening and they're right next to each other in the the track list and it's a really neat um unique uh uh presentation of um of songs
2: they're on discord or they were on discord they
1: were right? on discord yeah. yeah yeah and that's uh i guess something worth mentioning too uh discord being um the dc label Uh, for political punk rock Mm -hmm. um, from that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Great. I'm
3: up. My number two is the Final Fantasy 7 soundtrack.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. It's actually The Fawn by The Sea and Cake. Um, Hmm. This is their follow-up to 1995's Nassau and, and The Biz, in a, a year that they put out two albums, The Fawn, um,
3: is a left turn for them. They went from uh, all natural, um,
2: upbeat, angular, jazzy, indie rock, and started messing around with electronics and synthesizers and samples, and um, and it fucking, fucking rips. It is... Not a ripper, actually. It's a it's a chill album. Um, lots of mid tempo stuff, lots of up tempo beats with chill guitars. Um, but um, it is just like I I think it is my favorite album from like my second favorite band of all time, The Scene Cake. I've put out like more than 10 incredible albums, and um, this is like the one this is it, it, which has changed multiple times over the years, but um, right now, uh, this is my favorite of uh, album of theirs. It's um, got like a perfect one, two, three punch opening. Um, uh, there is uh, my favorite song is a song called Bird and Flag, which is basically a house track almost. Um, with kind of like looped sampled guitar and um really melodic, crazy um like chromatic like like a chromatic bass part that like really sits it in, in a weird spot but um really works
4: amazingly Don't you go.
2: Um, produced by John McIntyre who basically produces all their albums. He's in Tortoise, he's their drummer. Um and it is just a perfectly produced, perfectly structured album um from like the perfect band. And uh yeah, it rules.
0: Yeah, I am not very familiar with that one, but they're 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 always good. C cake is always good. Yep.
2: I would say that this album is probably considered one of their less um Angular and like uh, uh, is, is more chill and, and soft around the edges Than um, uh, Some of their other albums But yeah What, what were you going to say Trev
1: It's a great pairing with the Smart Rent Crazy album Yeah Very similar In a lot of ways
3: I believe that I believe, um, But I believe yeah
1: that. That's, that's sort of a, a difference That I always forget about You've really come through With the C and Cake stuff in these lists and i'm like man i forget about i forgot about the biz yeah. and when you mentioned it in 95 i was like of course biz is awesome yeah yeah um yeah they're uh they're fantastic and um i tend to forget about them and not appreciate them as much as i sh- as much as i should so i appreciate you mentioning them here
2: i don't actively listen to them a ton anymore to be honest and um It's when when prepping for these lists, like I come back to these albums and I'm just like,
3: duh. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This album is great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. My number one is an album that tends to be pretty high on a lot of critics lists. It is what I have generally considered to be my favorite album of all time for most of my adult life. It's I Can Hear the Heart Beating is One" by Yola Tango. It won't be a surprise to anybody who knows me. Oh, um,
2: this was my number six. This was this just OK, yeah, just just missed it.
0: Yeah, um, it's an album that stays fresh for me over the years, but it's also an album that is tied to a particular moment in my life. Um, just as a general overview, um, you know, Yola Tango had been around for, uh, well over a decade already at this point and had been kind of getting progressively better. Um, they had, uh, this is only maybe their third, possibly fourth album with bassist James McNew. When he enters the band, that's really when, uh, for whatever reason it might be his influence it might not be but they they seem to really focus into the great thing that they're going to be for um for you know the best years of their career um a lot of this album feels like it can be easily explained by the idea that Ira Kaplan was a a music critic um before he got involved in bands he's the guitarist but it's also a really democratic album. I mean, vocal duty and songwriting and creative input feels like it's being kind of evenly split between the three members of the band. There's Krautrock influence. There's uh, you know some stuff that sounds like Neil Young. There's Burt Bacharach influence. There's like Stan Getz, like Bossa Nova style stuff. It's all over the place. Very eclectic. Feels like a record collector's album. It's very like reverential and referential to the past, but it's all the the thing that makes it unique is. I mean, firstly, it's the blend of influences, but uh, you know, the name of the record is key. You know, I can hear the heart beating as one. It's this very warm album, it's very hard on sleeve it's just very all the emotions are like really lovely and intimate but it's also really noisy um, kind of arty album in a lot of ways um, lately some of the stuff that stood out to me the most is is the sort of like countryish stuff that's on the second side 1pm again is probably my current pick for my favorite song from it but I mean I could go forever just cycling through favorite songs from this album. It takes maybe it, it sounds really dense at first, and I know a lot of people get turned off by the fact that none of the vocalists are really particularly charismatic on, on record, at least. They sound like very muted personalities, but it just takes a couple lessons before you start noticing that, like, pretty much every song has a really good hook. And once you get there, um, you're in Uh to just kind of go a a little bit autobiographical Um, I I decided that I loved this album when I was uh, in between my freshman and sophomore years of college and um, I was like I had heard this album in a variety of places but I was house sitting um, for some neighbors who had it and I put it on and it was like a summer night and it was just fitting and, and then I started listening to it a lot but um, I had a, a very serious relationship in high school and my f- first year of college that was like, uh, there was like a, a, an emotional dependency that emerged from that. And like, it was like really high highs and really low lows. It was a very emo relationship where, um, people got wounded over very little decisions that were made and like very immature high volume emotions. And there was something about this band and seeing them live for the first time in the fall of 2004 at the blind pig. Um, yeah. Uh, where I was like, these guys are like, it helps to to know that there's a marriage at the heart of the band, but like these guys, despite making this super loud record, there, there's something so chill and there's something, there's just this, you sense this vibe of like, they're being, very loyal and very devoted to one another and not being ostentatious and not being flashy and, uh, them taking things slow. And, um, I, I would tell myself like when I got carried away by emotions after this breakup, like be more Yola tango. And somehow that like really like, it was almost like an immediate emotional reset for me to tell myself that. And that's lasted. That's like still there. And like at this point, it's just like baked into my personality. It's like like my very core values of like loyalty to your core group of friends, calmness, but at the same time adventurousness. Mm-hmm. It's like all there in this record. And um, it's like it's truly an identity Thing for me, and it's hard for me to imagine at any point in my life like a record really taking the place of this record. So that is, I can hear the heart beating as one by Yola Tango. Beautiful,
2: <laughs> beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful album. It is mm-hmm. stellar. Um, Al, do you like uh, the Lion? How we told it. Uh-huh. yeah
1: no that sucks <laughs> what do you think he's gonna say
2: it's just such a chill like whatever song I, I man it's it's like it's my favorite on the album i love it it's like i i could make a i make a full playlist every year and i could make one that's just all yola tango and yeah um that would be the opener it's like oh man it's such a sweet yeah uh I, I, fall jam i mean they're
0: they're such a great band that I, I would actually say my favorite two or three Yola Tengo songs probably aren't even on this album, and this is like
2: hard. Same, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, do you like "Painful"? The
0: album. I do. Yeah, I like "Painful." Painful is for sure awesome.
1: What was yeah. your, what was your introduction to this band and album?
0: I think uh, Tom Giltrow had a copy of it, and he really liked Autumn Sweater. I'm not yeah. sure how much of the rest he liked, but uh, that was my introduction. And my, my, I remember my very first time listening to this album. I, I thought it was a little boring.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially when you're young. Mm-hmm. There's not a little... a, like nothing to reach out and grab you, and you know, grab your grab you by the the collar and be like, "Hey, listen to this." Mm-hmm. It's just sort yeah. of mm-hmm. like chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there have been a handful of, like, changes for me with the, uh, I don't know, out of the first 10 songs on the album, uh, my favorite song has changed, you know, five or six times. Yeah. Out of those. There are so many great, great tracks. I didn't, I didn't like Moby Octopad when it, when I first got it. I would be like that. I mean, I know that's not the first song, but it's really the first song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, ah, I'm gonna skip this. Wow, I I, I used to skip it, which is crazy yeah. now because now I'm like, oh my god, this is incredible. Yeah, this is pretty mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, totally.
2: I will say though, "Return to Hot Chicken" is a great song title. Also, yeah. and it's yeah. and I it's I love the song. such a great way to open the album. Oh my god, yeah. it's so uh. They're great at that, their Yola Tango are great at the um like chill um,
1: like the ambient songs,
2: yeah, like the ambient opener specifically, yeah. um summer sun summer is sun. the same yeah. way,, uh-huh. and that opener is just awesome, it's like maybe my favorite song, yeah, beach party tonight, and then it goes into little eyes, which is like, yeah, the fucking best song, and oh man, yeah, yeah. they're like. Oh, what a band. What a band with, like, such an incredible run of albums. hmm Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. And always, 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 always great live. Yeah. I, I catch them every time that I can possibly see them. I, I go see them. Yeah.
2: They're great. I've seen them twice at Pitchfork Fest, and they were awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you could get a chance to just go to a Yola Tango show um, and where they can really spread out and take their time. Yep. it's I believe that. It's really great. Yeah. Sweet. Trev, you're number
1: one. The best album of 1997. Empirically, unequivocally, Third Eye Blind, baby. Woo! <laughs> it uh, rocks. It's so good. <laughs> You know what? I can't believe I this
2: is your number one
1: I know, I can't either I didn't think this before uh, we did our episode But man, in preparation for that You're making me focus at uh, mm-hmm. on this album You're making me look at it And it's just like Every song is so densely packed With so many hooks And so many great lines and melodies Like... It's. I. I can. I can't think of that many. I, off the top of my head. I certainly can't think of uh, of an album that is so melodically, uh, um, complex that there's so many things happening uh, that as there are in this album, and um, it it for whatever reason it's sort of derided as this pop thing that's like yeah it's it's good for a pop album or it's good. It's not, it's more than that. It's a great, incredibly, uh, crafted, uh, album. And yeah. I, I, I think that it doesn't get enough appreciation for what it is as like this, uh, like a, like an artistic statement almost. It. Uh, it's fantastic. I mean, they're they're playing in alternate tunings. They're doing things that no other band has 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 done at this point. And I mean, you know, we talked about the references, and it was something crazy like camper van Beethoven and the Clash, but like mm-hmm. it doesn't sound anything like that. But it 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 the outcome is unlike anything, uh, like it before or since. It, it it's so um exhilarating to listen to i am thrilled to listen to it every time uh since we really started paying attention to it even before then I was like this is really good but when we when we were forced to really like uh evaluate it um the fact that it came out as strongly as it did made me appreciate it so much. Step away
0: from what it's true. That's why I like you around. I want
1: there's uh, i i mean the slow or the the low points are not bad and they're better than most songs on other albums um but yeah. I, I mean, for being, what, 14 songs or something crazy like that, the majority of them are just, like, uh, roller coasters all the way yeah. through. Um,
2: 14 songs, 57 minutes. Poobah. Yeah, God.
1: There's yeah, a swagger there, to them.
0: It goes by eight, fast, eight or, though. There's a f- yeah. full eight or nine perfect songs. Yeah, that
1: yeah. There's a swagger to them. There's a... Um, uh, Uh, an emotional like vulnerability to it while not being too um sappy or cringy or anything like that it's just the right balance of everything in this yeah and i I just i love it it's so great
0: it's the ideal 90s radio rock album it's yeah 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 people focus too much on what it is and not how good it is at what it does it, when people are just like, Oh yeah. You know, another post grunge, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh-huh. everybody just writes it off, but it's like, I mean, it's just songcraft, man. It's yeah. It's great, great songwriting, great performances. Every, everything, every single element of it is appealing. I mean, yeah, you can uh- label it as bubble grunge or whatever, but like, it doesn't really bear any relation to Nirvana. It's, it's, just an update on radio rock. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in a, yeah, it's in a tradition that's not groundbreaking or anything like that, but it's like, also it's very personal and,
4: um, Mm
0: -hmm. there's just, there, there isn't anything else that's, I mean, I feel like it's the kind of thing that like I, I crave and, it seems like something like this would come out every year, but like it just doesn't it doesn't happen. It's just not rock this like rock this good and this immediate, like it just doesn't come that frequently.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely special and the the, 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 the complexity of it is so um, rare that like I mean from line to line, you know, you can you can sing a melody and change it up from line to line or verse to verse or whatever. But in most cases, like if you want to change it up, it doesn't necessarily work, but this miraculously works throughout like everything. Stephen Jenkins is such a good melodicist. He's so um, talented. And um, it's wild to think that it doesn't really like continue beyond this obviously there are highlights on on blue but um it makes me wonder how much of a role um the guitarist had in it what is it? his name mm-hmm. kevin Cad- Cad- cadigan cadigan that's right yeah. no i think it's um,
2: uh jeffrey drinkens <laughs>
1: <laughs> or was that the drummer that's right the, the guitarist or was, was Jeffrey the drummer. Jrenkins. Yeah. Um, I, I, you wonder what kind of role he has in it too, because I, you know, that's a specific kind of playing that he was doing with like mm. the phaser and uh, the, the, the high leads and stuff mm. like that. Um, man, uh, third eye blind for president.
4: Oh, god,
2: <laughs> kill me, but yeah, it's a pretty unique. A very great album. It's I, yeah, I I was won over by this album this year. I I had never listened to it all the way through, um, until, uh, our episode. And, um, I, you know, I, I think I said then like, Oh yeah, this is probably like, like I'll have the same kind of journey with it as I did with no code last year. And, uh, I, I pretty much did. I mean, I, no code became a, an all time favorite album. And I don't know that this did, but, um, it did. I mean, it's still like as an album that I've really come around to and it's still yeah, I'm still listening to it pretty often and it's still sounding better with each listen. Um, I'm catching, you know, more, more and more things, more tricks, more little melodies that, you know, I didn't notice the previous time. And it's it's really, yeah, a, a just an expansive and revealing album.
3: And it's it's great. Yeah. Cool.
0: okay cool pewter
3: yeah <laughs> i mean
2: okay, we could talk about the final fantasy 7 soundtrack instead if if, <laughs> if you'd like but yeah is it al did you not pick this on purpose or is this the way I, it, it actually it's, fell? Uh,
0: it's just it's just not in heavy rotation yeah in my oh it, I, it's a uh, you know if i were um on the rolling stone writing staff and they were putting together their 1997 list you know i would feel an obligation to
2: vote for probably yeah.
0: to to put it pretty darn high but since i don't have that obligation i can be irresponsible and and leave it off my list yeah yeah
2: yeah well i it would be a disservice to my um younger self to leave it off um mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, my my number one is "Okay Computer" by Radiohead. Blah blah blah. <laughs> if you
0: if you no say say what do you what if do you, you what know do, what me you well
2: if you know me well you know that it is my favorite album of all time. Um, I'm like desperately trying to find a new favorite album of all time, and it has not happened
3: yet. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It just I mean, it changed my life. Like,
2: it's such a silly thing to say, but it, it changed my life. Like, it just totally opened, you know, it is probably the same thing as, like, other people discovering the Beatles for the first time. Like, this is what this album did to me. Like, it just opened my world to so many different things that led me um, down so many different musical paths and, um, you know... Yeah, it just like changed the way I think about music. And,
3: and, um, aside from that, I mean, it's just, you know, a perfect album, like, including the fucking
2: interlude that is a computer talking. Um, it's just mm-hmm. like a perfect 12 perfect songs. Um, everything about them sound great. Um, it's another, like, haunting, mysterious sounding album um i don't like ever think to listen to it anymore i like listening to it in preparation for this is probably the first time i've listened to the album all the way through in five years at least um i i oh, don't wow. yeah i mean when i want to listen to radiohead i listen to like honestly like the king of limbs or like That's um, what i um, or specific songs from amnesiac um mm-hmm. like i've I've really gotten into like their more electronic and 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 darker and weirder stuff um but yeah, I don't know when when I listen to O okay a computer, I just like turn into a kid again and I'm just like overjoyed, and even though I've talked about how it's such a sad album, um it just gives me so much joy now, like I'm just like, man, this album like if I never discovered this album, I probably would be still listening to fucking Foo Fighters or something like that. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what more to say. Like every song is perfect. Every song is great. Um, let down was always my favorite and it's never changed. Like nothing is better than let down. Um,
3: you know? Yeah.
0: Uh, something that maybe people don't always say about the album, uh, the, the rhythm section is, hmm. you know, the combination of, uh, Colin Greenwood on bass and Phil Selway on drums on, uh, on airbag on, uh, you know, the seven, four sections of, um, paranoid mm-hmm. Android. Um, and then, you know, even subtly on like karma police or
2: electioneering,
0: um, electioneering the drumming is so good on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I was completely obsessed with this record for all of high school, um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I adored it as well. I, I've. Uh, I, my approach to my past is so different from yours where you really feel beholden to, you know, something that had a big impact on Mm -hmm. you. And I will just turn my back so fast on something like that. If it's not matching my current interests. So um, yeah, I can't do that. I can be a little, I can be a little contrary about Radiohead. you know, King of limbs and and kid a and in rainbows are probably the three things that I, listen to the most but um uh emily my wife had never listened to okay computer all the way through and so we were on a road trip sometime last year and um and i put it on and Mm. we listened to it all the way through and it was the first time in ages but um you know there was something amazing to notice in every track yeah so yeah i i hope that i'll gain back at some point if I really take a long break from it I hope that I'll get back some of my emotional connection to it because I I feel like it's mostly kind of worn out at this point I think
2: it helped for me to stop listening to it um Mm -hmm. you know like
3: I've I've uh yeah I I just decided like yeah I I don't need to listen to it and I I
2: think maybe it was a conscious decision at some point like I, I gotta, I gotta stop or I gotta slow down. And I'm gonna ruin this. Um, or I don't know. Like I mean, my tastes have changed so many times, and I, you know, or expanded or whatever. Like it, and I just, yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't really seek this album out anymore, um, at all. But yeah, I mean, I just can't like. Uh, I feel, um, very loyal to it and I can't mm-hmm. like yeah I I just can't um leave it off something like this. Like it's you know like the, the best thing that I've I've still ever heard in my life probably. Um yeah. Um also uh Colin Greenwood is my favorite bassist. Yeah. I love that makes sense I love it. I've mm-hmm. lo- loved his bass for a long time. He's perfect.
0: One more thing to do, which is that we're going to do, um, three hiatus episodes. And for these hiatus episodes, the rules are that we each can choose a, any song that has appeared anywhere on the modern rock chart, um, in the nineties. And, uh, we're going to do those episodes. We'll probably take a little break, um, and uh, halfway through that break, we'll do these hiatus episodes before we come back with 1998, our penultimate season of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So we want to do the the, re- the big reveal of what our uh, hiatus episodes are.
2: I'm going to go with um,
3: Tropicalia by Beck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> why,
0: is that, why is that so funny? <laughs>
1: Because I picked Mixed Business by Beck. Oh,
0: shit.
1: <laughs> I think that's okay. I can change. I can change. That's crazy. No, I, like, we yeah, should there's... We do both. Okay. Really? Yeah. What is Mixed Business on? Mixed Business is from Midnight Vultures. Okay. I've actually and it never... is the song that's so like a uh, song and album that has like an extra, like a level of like a mystery to me lately where hmm. I'm like, man, this is really cool. And I, uh, I had it, you know, I bought it when it came out and I spent time with it and I was sort of like, uh, I don't know that I get this. And I, Uh, But it's never been like, this is bad. It's been more like, I'll get to it. Mm -hmm. I'll get to it later. And now I'm like, I'm getting to it. And uh, I really am excited about Midnight Vultures and uh, specifically the single Mixed Business.
0: Cool. Mixed Business uh, was on the chart?
1: It was number 36 on the Modern Rock chart.
0: (laughs) All right. Sounds about right.
1: Cool. Um,
2: Alright, if you guys
1: are cool with doing crazy. two Beck songs,
2: I felt That's like crazy. I my thought was well, I love Tropicália and I I remember listening to Mutations. It's on Mutations and um I listened to it once or twice when I was a kid and it's like a sad sap like kind of like mostly acoustic album and I wanted to revisit like it just seemed like a fun interesting album to like revisit now. Um And I've never listened to Midnight Vultures, so that's will be exciting.
0: For my pick, I'm going very conventional. Uh, I I would like to talk about Clumsy by Our Lady Peace. (laughs) Um, Talk about the song, talk about the album. Yes. And uh, really uh, give Our Lady Peace their due. Love it. Oh, I'm so glad. That's great. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, we will see you en route to 1998, Uh, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod is part of the Off Shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine. The best, most fun way for us to communicate with all of you is via our Facebook group, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. Uh, We still like receiving your emails also at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. You can listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or you can watch along on YouTube. We will see you in 1998. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye, name of 1997.
0: Name of...
2: Name of Jenkins. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen.